What's going on, podcast? Are you in need of resume help? Well, now's the time to listen up. We are doing a special giveaway through our Instagram channel where you could win a free personal 30-minute video consultation with me to improve your resume. I like to go really in-depth and help our job seekers out so you will get an awesome Zoom session where we focus on personalized feedback with your resume. If you're listening to this, what, I don't know, Monday, what day would it be? It would be, I think, the 24th, around the 24th, the 25th, when this episode is released. That means you don't have much longer to go ahead and take part of this promotion. So hop on over Instagram at Career Warrior Podcast, hit follow and like the yellow post that says free resume review. Thanks so much, guys. See you next time. Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. And welcome to the Let's See Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about career experiments and how you can use them in your life. Listen, if you're going through any sort of change or career transition right now, I believe that this is the episode that will unlock new insight on making the right choice. Today, I brought on Philip Miyenko, Director of Student Success at Happen to Your Career. In his early career, Philip grew up working at a family-owned business within the waste management industry where he used to literally pick up trash in Southern Ohio. After graduating from college, he completed his tenure working with multiple HR and recruiting jobs in the manufacturing and tech spaces. Philip eventually went on to work for one of the leading job boards in the United States, designing recruitment marketing campaigns for Fortune 500 companies. In these roles, he discovered his love of coaching and how to help others succeed in the modern day job search. After traveling the world for a bit, he landed in Austin, Texas, founded his own career coaching company called The Mienko Method. He now serves as the Director of Student Success for Happen to Your Career, one of the leading coaching companies. So clearly, Philip is going to be great. We have a lot of really good stuff to talk about here. So can't wait to get right into it. This is episode 169 of the Career Warrior Podcast. Hey, Philip, how are you doing today? I'm doing very, very well, Chris. How are you? I'm good. You know, I was just reading that intro and I said Austin, Texas, but rumor has it that you just moved, correct? The rumor is true. I can say that first. <laughs> I don't know who told me these rumors, but they get crazy. I literally just moved last week and no joke, lightning storms, heat wave. I don't know if California is just trying to kick me out, but been here for just a week in the East Bay area in California. And it's definitely been the weirdest times to move. But honestly, I'm just happy to have a spot and be landed. Awesome. So Philip, today I brought you on to talk about this concept of career experiments, something that really fascinated me. To be honest, we probably haven't really covered in the show before. I wanted to hear in your own words, what is a career experiment? When I think of career experiments, or when I think of like how to define it, the easiest and the simplest way I think about it is what are the low cost, low risk ways to essentially get as close as you can to what you believe or you think the opportunity job, whatever that thing might be. We both talk to people or even imagine a lot of your listeners are like, hey, I'm thinking about this kind of opportunity. I'm thinking I want to go be an astronaut or I want to go be underwater basket weaver, all those types of things. I like to use really obscure examples. <laughs> I wanted to be an astronaut when I was six years old. We were talking about Elon Musk right before we hit record. So I think there might be a higher likelihood now. But thinking about, all right, all these types of opportunities, essentially, how do we know that 
it will be a good fit for us? How do we know that the company will be great for us? How do we know all these things? And essentially what a career experiment is designed to do is really to validate, all right, are we heading down the right path for what you believe is true about what you want in the next role and the next opportunity? And then how can we make sure we're testing that out in a way that feels good and gives us good feedback, whether it's good, whether it's bad, all those types of things. So then we can make the best decision in the short term and ultimately in the long term too. That's awesome. I'm thinking about some clients I've had before in the past. So we're a resume writing service and they've come really not knowing what kinds of jobs that they want to get into. And I always tell them Nick, now is the best time to just do some soul searching and kind of figure out what they want to do and then tailor the resume to figure that out. But it's hard, man. I know like a lot of these job seekers and I've been in the position before where I genuinely didn't know what was next in my path. I'm really excited to kick into some examples of these career experiments. How can they really unlock some clarity in my life? What would the benefit be if I decided to go with one? One of the biggest things that I hear is when you're often looking at companies, you know, when you go on a company's website and you go, oh my gosh, they look great. And then you scroll down to the bottom and they go, we like diversity. We like honor. We're super fun. And you're like, this looks great. But then I've been burnt once or twice before. So yeah. is this company really worth it or not? And often, you know, I think one of the benefits that doing these kinds of experiments is you actually get to see what you will do or what it will actually look like for you in these types of roles. The clients and the individuals that I see get stuck in this analysis paralysis mode where we're just like, oh my gosh, all right, but what happens with this? Or what happens if I get there and I hate the job so much? Or what if they all look great? They say, you are wonderful. And then you get there and then 30 days later, 60 days later, 90 days later, it doesn't turn out that way. So Really, when I think about some of the biggest benefits, what it does is it answers a lot of those big questions for you, but ultimately it's going to start detailing out all of those little things that you don't know yet. And one of the biggest yeah. things that I keep saying that some of the biggest things, but it's ultimately a journey of we don't know what we don't know yet. And I think of it as like a structured exploration, which is a little bit of an oxymoron, but how can we start getting the big questions that we know are going to be true for us? And then begin to answer those, whether talking to individuals who work at that specific company, whether we're doing specific projects for them, whether we're volunteering a little bit too. And those were probably some of the examples that we're going to get into for as far as career experiments and, and really what those look like. Yeah, that's awesome. To me, this sounds like a real authentic way to actually gauge out what these jobs are going to be like. And I think we were talking about this before, you know, during our pre-podcast talk, but you know, a lot of the times these job postings are like you said, they're so tough to figure out what it's actually going to be like because half the times they're just copying and pasting from like a generic template HR description. But it's almost like, you know, asking, shopping around to buy a new house or go into a new apartment and asking the leasing agent, you know, how is this place? Of course, they're going to say this is the best apartment complex ever. It's when you actually talk to the tenants and the people who actually live there, you'll probably get a better understanding of what it's supposed to be like. Yeah. One thing that we're talking internally at our company about is how do we really bring this as a real example for people? Like, what does that look like? I've called this myself the ice cream scoop method. So, you know, in Austin, we have Lick Ice Cream. I'm sure for your listeners, there's some ice cream place if you like sweets, like I like sweets. There's some ice cream place that, that you like going to. And then once you go in there, they have those tiny colorful spoons. You're like, all right, I think I might like vanilla. Or 
their vanilla might be different, or they might have a Rocky Road, or they might have a cookies and cream. I'm going to try all of them. But essentially, what we want to do is go in there, talk to the person who is going to be scooping the ice cream, then actually try it, then decide, all right, is this what I like or is this what I don't like? And then that's when you start building your cone about, all right, do we have three scoops? Do we have two scoops? Are you putting it in a cup? Are you putting it in a cone? Is it a chocolate cone? Is it a vanilla cone? Again, we're recording this in the early morning. I'm getting a little hungry. But more <laughs> the point is you can sit in your house, in your apartment, on your couch, wherever you are, and you yeah. can think about, all right, do I really like vanilla? Do I really like vanilla at this space? But what this whole career experiment thing is, is really meant to do is get up, actually go to the ice cream store, actually go talk to the person, actually get a spoon, actually test and taste what that vanilla tastes like, and then decide, all right, is this the kind of cone that I want for now? Knowing that there will be ice cream later on, there'll be jobs later on. True. But true. more of this is how can we begin just to taste and test essentially build more of what you want, both in your life and your career. Awesome. Makes a lot of sense to me. And I think once we start to delve into some of these examples, we're going to have a really good idea of what these tastings can look like. So let's launch right into it. What is one good type of career experiment that job seekers can implement? The biggest one and the most popular one that I always recommend is actually going and talking to the people who are doing the job that you want to do, which sounds very simple, but we're going to get into a little bit of the practices about going and actually talking to them and reaching out. Yeah. But one of the biggest experiments is go and talk to somebody who's actually doing the job because often you can understand really what are the biggest requirements? What does a day in the life look like for them? For a lot of the people that I talk to, they're going, all right, oh, do I have to go back to school? That's going to be more time and money. Is that really necessary? And at the end of the day, sometimes it is and sometimes it's not. I want to always make sure that I know as much about that. Again, it's coming back and validating as much information as we can about that opportunity. And also what it does too, it gives you a chance to talk to somebody who is connected in that field or in that role or in that company and then begin building a relationship. This sounds like networking. And I always hate to use the word networking because there's, <laughs> there's a lot of baggage that comes with networking. I tend to be more of an introvert, but I can turn on my extroversionness. But when we think about networking, we have to always go, all right, I have to go and get my card up and then have yeah. my elevator pitch and do all these yeah. things. But really, I like to focus it on find the people who you are genuinely interested in and connect with them in a very genuine way and build those relationships. Because at the end of the day, it's just an opportunity to meet really cool people and connect with them. And I often think about it as, isn't this, you're just building your, your network of people that you can use now or later. And in my HR career, I am, his name is uh, Steve Brown. Wonderful, wonderful guy. Anytime you meet him, he gives you this giant hug. But he said one phrase that was very, very good to me about like, Philip, you know, most people only network when they want a job. Yeah. And really the networking never stops. It's always building connections because ultimately your listeners here, but for everybody, we're trying to get to work that we love. And yes. in my mind, that's really a never ending kind of thing because the world, especially we're recording this during COVID changes all the time. So one experiment is find the people who are doing the exact job that you're doing or working at that company and doing a job that's similar. This might be, or it could be the hiring manager. It could be the supervisor who is over that team. 
It could be sometimes I've had people who reached out to the vice president of companies, whoever that might be, and talk to those individuals and get to know more about themselves, the situation, the role, the company, everything. So you, then again, you can come back and really yeah. test and validate that information. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. And I think in a later episode, we'll cover some reach out messages and things to do. But real quick, for those super curious right now, is there any particular method you advocate for finding who these people are and actually reaching out to them? So there's a bunch of ways. LinkedIn is a great resource. If you're going and researching a company, you often can go to the company itself and look at the people itself. I have one client right now. She's looking to go into treasury and in fact, she found a treasury specific podcast. And most people don't think about that. Most likely in the role, in the field that you're looking to go, there's people who are creating content. And so, and those people who are creating content are creating it specifically people like you, and they want to interact with you. So often what I, I talk to people about is go look at the people who create that podcast or that blog or those types of information, and then reach out to that person or even the guests. Another resource, I forgot to mention this is, thanks so much for telling a little bit more about my bio, but one thing I forgot to mention there is that every single job that I have ever found has either come from people that I know or it's actually come from Twitter. I've been relentless on just tweeting people and just building those relationships over time. And I've actually found that that's a very good way. It's not for everybody. It's a social media spot that it depends on if you like to do it and you got it. For me, I like doing those interactions, but that's another spot where you just get engaged with individuals and you find often people target the big companies themselves and that's great. But what are some of those smaller companies or smaller opportunities that you can go for? So yeah, Twitter or sometimes social media is a great piece. LinkedIn, looking specific for companies in the people section, specific podcasts out there or content that might be good. We're gonna be talking about this later or the next episode about reach out strategies. And even in one of the messages or the communications that you have with an individual, you can always ask, hey, you know, Chris, I really enjoyed our conversation so much and I found it extremely valuable. You know, is there anybody else that you suggest that I speak to? And no worries if not. And if you can make that introduction, that would be great. Again, I just really enjoy this conversation and I'd love to continue it and see what else I can do. Yeah. Something like that too. Not only is this an awesome method, but you're also giving some really powerful mentalities for job seekers. And I really go back to the one thing I really liked that you said was the fact that, you know, it's networking or speaking to people isn't this thing that you should just turn on when you need it and then turn off whenever you're done with it. It's a mindset, I think, that's long term and it'll end up helping you out so much more if you do it that way. I like that you're a Twitter guy. Always be tweeting is probably your, your motto there. It was at one time. It's not as much anymore. It's just a great tool where you can find these people and interact with them one-on-one or just kind of follow what's going on and it's important to them in their world. Yeah. Often so many people reach out and you talk to them about all of like the surface level types of things. One of my, from StrengthFinders 2.0, one of my top strengths is I'm a relator. So I'm really trying to find what is the most unique thing about you or one of the things I was trying to find is what what do we have in common? And even when I reached out to you, I was like, oh, he lives in Austin. I live in Austin. Boom. We got that. But often on Twitter, or even on LinkedIn, you can find things that are somewhat below the, the most common things about like jobs or job titles or companies that really worked or backgrounds. And you can find what really matters to them. And that's how you can stand out of, all right, we might like the same type of thing or, 
oh, they might have went to the same school that I did, or they might have lived in the same city that I did, or whatever those things might be. Awesome. So this is a really good first example. Can you tell me what is method number two that we could use for a career experiment? Yeah. So experiment number two is something that we call at Happen Your Career. It's called the Amped Up Follow-Up. So really what this is, and it kind of comes back again to the making sure you're getting connected with these individuals and more so asking, all right, what are you really struggling with? What are some of your biggest challenges? And this is kind of the part where I don't always advocate as much, but this is where you might work for free for a little bit. More so of how can you adopt the mentality of, I've already got the job, I'm already working for them. How can I make them my partner? And how can I start already developing projects or working on something and then just go, all right, I got this done. So for example, you might be talking to somebody and go, all right, so what are some of your biggest struggles? And they might say, you know, X, Y, or Z, we're having lots of issues right now internally with organization and reaching out to individuals and just getting the, earning the opportunity to work with people. You go, okay, really cool. I've had a lot of experience with that. Tell you what I'll do. I'm just going to mull this for a bit. And then, then maybe you'll set up next steps. And then essentially what you'll do after that is, again, adopt yourself as already the employee or already the project manager, whatever that is. Yeah. And then start actually doing the work itself and then going, all right, you know, that thing that we talked about that you said you were struggling with, here's what I did. Here's where it's at. And again, it allows you to be able to test drive what the work itself will look like and be able to gauge expectations back to that person of, oh my gosh, we've yeah. never really had anybody do that before. And that's the other reason. So you're saying that the thing that you come back with, the follow-up is some sort of, it's like a work or a deliverable or something? Yeah. So like the work deliverable or some sort of like measured end product or service that you completed just to try it out. But again, it makes you stand out in their minds because at the end of the day, you're helping them whatever that path might be. And sure, you might get them halfway, you might be able to do all of it, but more so is we're trying to show that initiative we're trying to show that, all right, here's the types of things that I'm doing even before that we've hired on. But again, it's not going to matter as much until you get connected with them and really ask those questions about what are some of the biggest things that are, that are ultimately going on. I love that. Career experiments. That is exactly why this is an experiment is because you're getting the chance to try something. And even, I don't know if that person might be your direct report or something like that, but hey, you might even get a chance to see what it's like, you know, presenting something to that person. But how often, I mean, to think about the perspective of the company, how often do we want to actually see the results something would produce before we end up committing to it? One time I was shopping, I think I'm a musician, so I was shopping for mastering uh, software and I wasn't sure which one to get. But the one I ended up going with was the one that gave me a really solid demo. It was like a 30 second demo of what my song would sound like. So after receiving that deliverable back, I was like, heck yeah, I would spend, you know, whatever 30 bucks, you know, for this. I like the idea. Are there any caveats to that or things that we should maybe wary of? Making sure you're not overextending yourself too much. There's always the danger of getting taken advantage of all those things. So it's True. making sure your view are very specific about what that exact thing is. You're holding your boundaries yourself. For myself, both of us, we're in the job of helping people. So it's really hard to turn off the skill of helping people sometimes. And so what I can do is like, oh my God, I'm going to help this person. I'm going to design this whole package. I'm going to give them a lot of career advice. But at the end of the day, I got to make sure I'm actually helping the person and helping move them. 
But most of us also have other priorities and other things we need to work on and things like that too. So I think some of the caveats include making sure that you have your own boundaries of, I'm going to spend no more than one hour, two hours, three hours, whatever that time might be. And the other thing too, is being very clear about what exactly that thing is for the other party and being very clear of, Hey, this is, you know, that thing we're talking about, this is what I did. I just wanted to show that this is something that's important to me. And seemed like that was a big struggle for you. So I thought I would send it this way when we're having uh, our interview in these next processes. So it's kind of setting clarity and boundaries through that whole process too. So neither party feels like they're getting taken advantage of. Cool. So Philip, we have reaching out to people who are actually part of what you want to be or what you want to be involved with. You have the amped up follow-up as experiment number two. What is, and I think this will be the last one, but what is another experiment that job seekers can take home today? One of the biggest ones, I think too, and this is for a lot of people who reaching out is somewhat scary, is somewhat new, but I always think of this as like the paid research type of approach. So when we think about it, it's really how can we get as much information or knowledge about that, what those things might be. This might be courses. This might be some courses on Udemy or free courses from a university around you, anything like that. But what are small projects, small courses that you can take on yourself to begin learning what those things might be? This also might be, we had a client who she's in the Cincinnati area mm-hmm. and she was like right in the middle of the job search. She had an offer and then COVID happened. And I imagine for a lot of listeners here, like it's maybe being that spot and then the offer went away. It's a thing. It's terrible. It's I've heard so many stories like that. It's extremely unfortunate, but and she's waiting around for a bit. She's still looking. And so one of the things that we proposed for her to do was go, all right, you know, I know you're not ready to hire on a full-time person, but are there any small projects that you can maybe hire out for like a small, like you can negotiate a fee or whatever those things might be. Again, it's another experiment that you can try before accepting the opportunity. Are there any small projects that you potentially be interested in and having somebody like me complete or anything like that? Again, expose you more to the company and itself. But again, it gives you the chance to do that type of work but now we're doing it in a paid way. And that's the paid research type of approach where you can be talking to a company, doesn't have to necessarily have an offer, but more so of really trying to understand what are the big projects they have, how they're completing that work, and yeah. if they would be open to the opportunity of, of outsourcing certain projects like those things might be. And there's lots of other services like that. You know, there's Fiverr, there's Upwork, there's TaskRabbit, those types of services out there where you can, if you're thinking about going into something more technical and try those things too. Could you give an example? Like if I was in, I don't know, I'm trying to help people visualize, but say I wanted to be like a data analyst. That's a really big one in Austin. What if I want to get into that? What would an example be of an experiment? What I would think career experiment for somebody who's looking to be a data analyst. So essentially what we could do is a couple things. I imagine there's a lot of companies, especially in Austin, but probably in all in your listeners areas, we live in the world where it's all connected throughout everything. But what I would say is, is there a company or is there an opportunity where they are looking for this type of service or they have lots of this, these data needs? And then going and approaching that, that company or finding that type of opportunity on one of these services that I mentioned and essentially pitching yourself or pitching that project of, hey, you know what? I see that there's this need that you have. Are you open to doing a short-term project to test out if you'd like to hire somebody on there? And if so, if I would be the right fit and here's what I would propose, 
this project doing this type of scope with this amount, of course, that's negotiable. And here's what the deliverables are from timeline to end product. Let me know if you'd be open to that. And I'd love to hear back from you. Again, it's going to be coming back and trying to find that right opportunity. And if they would be open to, or if you've seen them being, being open to that type of approach. Philip Miyanko, you've been awesome. An excellent guest. Just asking any final words of advice, or I was asked this, the phrasing, like if you could tattoo anything for all career warriors, what would that message be? I think one phrase for me that if I could tattoo it for every of the career warrior podcast listeners, it would be, you are not your work. I think so many people identify with the work itself. And like I mentioned, I grew up in a family-run business. Work and my identity were the same thing. We get tied so much to the thing that we do that we think it becomes us, that we are our successes, we are our failures, we are whatever that job might be. And for a lot of people who might be listening to this podcast too, who might be in a really bad job, sometimes we believe that we ourselves are not valuable in that bad job. And that's one of my soapboxes that I was at that same spot where I believed when I was in not a great job, that I myself was not valuable. My skills weren't valuable. And at the end of the day, all that stuff is bullcrap. That doesn't matter at all. You are not your work. And at any point, at any time in your life, you have the power to change it. It comes to the question, which I think is two questions. What are you willing to do to get there? And part of that is, are you willing to ask for help? I think nobody in this world does anything great by themselves. And me and you are both in this business to generally help people. And that's why I always encourage people to do is reach out and ask for help. There's so many people who want to help you. And that's what these reach out strategies and our conversation was about today is there's people who are wanting to help you reach out to them. I love that. Philip, thanks so much for being on the show. I got to ask you, how can we keep in touch with you, us listeners? And what are you up to nowadays? Yeah. So besides moving, (laughs) just moved from Austin, Texas out to the Bay Area. But yeah, just keeping myself busy there. I host a podcast that happened in your career called the How to Become a Career Coach podcast. Go listen to that if you're ever looking to become a coach or interested in in starting your own business. But one of the biggest ways you can reach me is directly emailing me at philip, P-H-I-L-L-I-P at happenedyourcareer.com. Just mention you heard me on this podcast and love to help out. Or you can reach out to me on all the socials, Twitter, LinkedIn, all those types of things too. And open to any questions or any advice. And as you can tell, love to chat, be on a, on a conversation. So and relate. I love that. <laughs> uh, that's literally the first thing I do. I'm like, okay, where yeah. can I find anything about this person? All right. <laughs> now that we, we have found some commonalities. Cool. Well, I love it. And for you listeners, what I like to do clearly is to leave the URLs. So we'll make sure to include Phil's podcast, his email address, and some resources that have been useful for this episode. Make sure to do that when you're done jogging or driving just to be safe. And we'll make sure that we have those properly linked. Philip Miyenko, thanks so much for coming on the show. You were awesome. Thanks, Chris. Perfect. So that concludes our episode 169 of the Career Warrior Podcast. Wow, so much insight here. And I just really had a really good time having Philip on the show. Just so you all know, we have another episode coming up about crafting reach out messages. We have already pre-recorded that. And I'm telling you, you're not going to want to miss that. It is going to be one of our top episodes as of late. So you have to listen to that if you want to know how to craft a good reach out message to get attention. This concludes episode 169. Thanks so much for tuning in and I'll see you next time. 